0: Today on Krina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about empathy. Can you feel how excited we are? Can you feel it?
1: (laughs) We think we're so fucking funny. We are hilarious. Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Krina Hoyer. And we are so happy that you have joined us for this episode on Empathy Today. Of course, we're here to talk about women and work. We're here to talk about ease, meaning, and joy. And we're so very glad that you have tuned in. That's an old-fashioned word.
0: I said tuned in the last couple of times, too.
1: I love that old-fashioned word, tuned in. But from the olden days? From the olden days, and we are from the land of the Coast Salish people. Happens yep. to be Native American Heritage Month as well.
0: Yeah, that, wrapping that up. It's an interesting month. Mm. Um, you know, I had a um, conversation a couple of years ago with a dear friend of mine, Candace, who happens to be a Lemmy tribal member. And Lemmy Nation is one of our Native American tribes here in Washington
1: State. And she was saying November is, is such a difficult Time I thought, for her. I thought this same thing like two days ago. I was like, wait a minute. Why do we have Native American Heritage Month by Thanksgiving? That just seems so weird to me. I might go back and research how it got established. Yeah. But even just like, right? It's sandwiched between Columbus Day,
0: which is now, thankfully, Native American.
1: Or Indigenous, Pe- Indigenous Peoples, Peoples Day.
0: Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. And Thanksgiving. So I'm wondering if. Though that it's, it kind of is turns that on its head.
1: It just feels bad to me. I'm like, it just doesn't. feel I'm gonna go back and look at how it got established and why it was, because I'm just curious. But that's what I'm saying. I'll thinking. report back I next wa- time.
0: I I want to think that that's that Native American Heritage Month is a way to kind of take that back. Let's take it back and celebrate c- something so. else. Let's c- celebrate so. something else other than this bizarre mythology around. Native American Uh,
1: people, American, American, you know, the, the colonists that came to America, right? Yeah. Yeah. All of that.
0: Very interesting. Okay.
1: Okay. Here we are.
0: But all of that aside, can we just pause? And, um, I'd like to introduce you to my sultry co-host, Kirsten Barron.
1: Oh, I think we've done this before. You
0: always, you have a cold, (laughs) I feel like you've got a cold, like one every six episodes. What is that
1: about? I, maybe it, I have had two colds recently. I, I attribute it to the fact that I was hygienically, uh, what's that called? I was confined to a hygienically, whatever, you know, germ-free, virus-free environment for 18 months. You were months. living
0: in a hermetically sealed environment. That's what environment. I
1: was trying to get to, friend. <laughs> this is why we do this together so you can tell me what I'm thinking. You know what?
0: I don't want to imply that you're sickly because that's not I'm what I sickly. mean. sickly. But between your colds and my allergies, like there's always some sniffling going on and also
1: some sultry voices. It's my sultry voice. I had a client say that today. uh, Yeah, I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: But it's also interesting um, because when we were introducing ourselves, I know this is completely off the subject, but you know how I like to just like bop around sometimes and not talk about Uh what we're supposed to talk about? Mm -hmm. I had a thought the other day that I want to go as my new Halloween costume I was thinking of was going to be
1: to be Kirsten Barron. That's hysterical. <laughs> and I was thinking. So you're just going to wear like a little floppy, floaty tunic. I was going to wear like a tunic top mm-hmm. and some leggings. Some leggings, I was going to get yeah. a blonde
0: wig. Yeah, and pull your hair back in glasses. a pony. exactly. Mm-hmm. Get some but bright I'm,
1: red reading glasses. A giant
0: basket full of like seven shit. years worth of shit. Just a bunch of crap you Throw it in the back of my car. People, you know,
1: <laughs> people that know me know I, my briefcase is this big African round basket. It's beautiful, but it's essentially my traveling office. And I could probably live out of it for about a week.
0: I think you do live a out snack. of it. Max, no, extra clothes and, and there's like papers. 17 little like organizer things mm-hmm. she used to used to come over here to record and she'd, she'd stand there and talk to me and to pull everything out of the basket and put it into the organizer little zippy things
1: oh it's so fantastic but it's you do so that satisfying. every week so, so I'm thinking, satisfying
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway now, some people bite their nails and some people like just you know what's that word there's a word there
0: Tidy, I don't no, know. It's like
1: you, it's like you. We're gonna cut this part out because I'm gonna get to the word obsessively. Some people chew their nails, and some people obsessively organize, and I'm in the latter. Same that. thing. I could I bite my that. nails, or I could organize. So I'm. Gonna,
0: I hope that I remember this after <clears throat> hear this. Uh, by the time October rolls around again next year, so my Halloween costume can can't be here
1: and I'll go as you. I was gonna say
0: you could go as me. but I don't know what. <laughs> that would be so great. How, what would you do? Just look like sh- just look like shit. I would get, get look some weird. outdoor
1: research pants. That's right. <laughs> And I would get those kind of cro- quasi cross hiking walking shoes, and I would, I would, I would want to tease my hair, but I had to have brown hair.
0: You'd have to like crimp it or something just yeah. to make it yeah. look I'd like cat to lady really hair. You'd have to get a cat lady hair with. to commit to the hair. <laughs> You have to get a cat later. I have to away. commit
1: to the hair, be super
0: fun. Oh my god, a cashmere
1: sweater. It's just yes. you would
0: have to wear more fitted clothes. I'm gonna oh, say.
1: I know, you know, I don't like that. All right,
0: back to empathy. Okay, back but, to empathy. But it's kind of part of it.
1: Yeah. The ability
0: to put people, put yourself in someone else's mm-hmm. position, right?
1: right? To understand their needs. I feel how like I, folks f- feel. I could
0: finally pull off Okay. Kirsten <laughs> Marabroth because I am empathic. I understand what it means. Yeah. Okay. Total. Total. Seg segway. Total non sequitur.
1: No, but it's a nice non sequitur segue into the topic of empathy. And I do want to just, you know, sometimes we just like blast in and start talking about something and don't tell listeners why we're talking about it. But this one, I really want to just touch really quickly on why we chose to talk about empathy. So first of all, because it's fantastic. Yeah. Like it's the juice of life. You know, it's the insulation, it's the energy, it's the soft, warm, cozy covers, it's the great apple with a bit of cheese for a snack. I mean, it's just the goodness of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the goodness of life. But I wanted to talk about it because I do think that if we can have, I mean, I think more empathy in the workplace will obviously give our workplaces more ease, meaning and joy. We'll talk about that more later. But I also think empathy is one of those routes into racial equity. I'll be real candid about that. Yeah. I think that as we can have more empathy, understanding, really feel experiences, we will make more progress on racial equity.
0: I hear you and you know frankly by definition empathy is the ability to ha- to understand the needs of others. And be aware of their feelings and thoughts, and that by its very nature, if we, can, if we can harness that, I agree with you completely. We are taking a giant leap towards racial equity. We we no longer are able to dehumanize mm-hmm. anyone, right? If we can because un-
1: we understand, we understand and really feel those feelings, get those experiences in a way that we haven't been able to correct yeah so how did we how did i loop you into this discussion of empathy karina what was your motivation
0: well first of all the way you looped me into it was that i want to do an <laughs> episode on empathy and i said okay it's your okay, turn great. go for it let's start researching no
1: you were like great you've got an idea let's go for, for it. once no <laughs> you are more the idea person frankly you are
0: oh well that's very sweet of you I, we could talk about that we can we can debate about that later that's
1: a non-sequitur
0: That wasn't on Twitter. back on topic. Plus it's hot as, Kirsten's over there in a wool blanket. She needed a blanket in order to record and I'm just like shedding layers. I'm dying of heat over here. Anyway, I wanna go back to this definition of empathy though because it's really interesting. I've said several times I don't think I'm very empathetic. And in fact, the older I get the better I am at it but I've always thought about empathy as this ability to kind of feel others' feelings. Which is right. Which is, it's just partially Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't necessarily tap into a lot of things that people were feeling. I had, you know, I lived, I have lived a relatively sheltered life. Up until a couple of years ago, I've never, I had never lost anyone close to me to death. Mm -hmm. I had never experienced uh, the kinds of hardships that would build that muscle. And so I, I didn't quite. No, i couldn't relate but when i'm reading this definition now it's really the ability to understand the needs of others uh-huh. not simply feel their feelings
1: right and, or not simply identify their feelings oh you're crying i see you're sad yeah too bad you're sad And
0: that's not it. No, that's not (laughs) it. And I kind of thought it was. And so it's interesting, though, to think about it like from those terms, like, well, maybe I am relatively empathetic. I feel like in a situation. So to answer your question way back, you know, five minutes ago when you asked it, I wanted to do this episode and was excited to explore because I first thought, well, maybe it's a chance for me to build some empathy. Mm -hmm. But it's also been a discovery of kind of where I feel like I am empathetic. I hadn't given myself that before. Right, that I do think I'm good at identifying people's needs or being sensitive to kind of what's being said or not said in the room or helping people be comfortable in difficult situations. So that was kind of a cool thing for me. However, all of this gets all muddled in my mind when I think about sympathy. Versus empathy, versus compassion, versus bloody, bloody, blah,
1: blah. Yeah, when we did, we were doing this when I was doing my research anyway, and I'm sure you found the same thing. People are fast and loose with those words, and you know that really gets under my skin, I right? Know, I'm I like, know. I don't like the imprecise use of words.
0: Correct. Yeah, I getcha. By
1: the way. I recognize I do it all the time, but it's a constant (laughs) struggle to be more precise in my language. And when I look at people who are researching, who are supposed to be smarter than me, right? I'm like, I want that precision. It's not there, folks. It's just not there. But when I kind of cull through the definitions and look look at the way folks are using these words, here's what I come up with. And this is just like commentary, really. I'm not sure it even matters so much in our conversation. Well, don't say that. I don't, but I call it out just so the, uh, okay, I'm just going to say it and we can just put it in the, put it in the pile, mix it up in the <laughs> toss salad. Okay. Sympathy means that you understand what the person is feeling. I can see you're crying. You're sad. Yeah,
0: I'm understand. I can see understand you're laughing.
1: That. You're happy. Um, or something is funny, whatever. Um, empathy means that you can actually feel what the person is feeling. So if somebody is sad, you actually feel in your own self, sadness mm-hmm. and compassion is the willingness to relieve somebody else's suffering, right? So, I think those words are useful, you know, just to cut. And we really are going for empathy and compassion, yeah. You know, sympathy is not real helpful,
0: and sympathy is a lot of like pity, usually rooted in stuff mm-hmm. like. Too bad for you. Yeah, you don't really. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Well, you know what you should do. Kind of.
1: Yeah, that sucks for you. Yeah. (laughs) But but empathy really is. This is what God, which is I just want to pause because I have had people be that way with me or and it's just so it's almost worse. Oh, it's have you ever I'd rather (laughs) be ignored than have somebody say, oh, my God, that sucks for you well
0: it's interesting though the no the difference of sympathy empathy and compassion kind of mimic what the scholars tell us are the three different kinds of empathy mm-hmm. right which is cognitive empathy just seeing how someone feels being able to do that the knowledge emotional empathy which is kind of feeling that physical pain or suffering or feeling along with that person and then the compassionate empathy which is the coup de grace it's the thing that we're all shooting for right which is empathy, understanding a person's predicament, and then taking action. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think you really shine, that's, Kirsten. That's very nice. I've of seen you to say. pull those reading glasses off and just look at someone and say, That's just gotta be so hard for you. I am so, I'm so sorry. And then act in an appropriate way to relieve their suffering, not dismiss their needs, mm-hmm. not impose your will or your needs on them, but truly listen and help them find what they need, and then deliver. And I think that's what makes you a really, really good lawyer.
1: That's so nice of you to say, and I just don't know what came first. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think being the lawyer has has allowed me to kind of hone some of those empathy skills. But here is the thing. When I was doing this research and thinking about this episode and listening to podcasts, reading articles, talking to people, what I realized is there's a whole lot more that I can do, there are many more opportunities for me to be empathetic mm. than I've taken advantage of, which was kind of the other reason I wanted to do the episode. I was like, I want to bring more empathy into my own life. It just, I'm like, when I say that, I'm just excited. Mm-hmm. I want to bring more empathy in my life. I feel super excited. I
0: love that. <laughs> I can feel it. And I want to act accordingly. I, You know, what's interesting uh, that you're saying that too is, and I'm really excited to get to the sort of later on in the show, we're talking about how to do this. There are very simple ways to signal. Mm -hmm. I feel alongside you and I would let, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to relieve your suffering or celebrate with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a side note, is celebrating alongside somebody empathetic? Like is empathy only associated with sadness and angst and
1: fear and concern? it's not. But we just think of it that way. Okay. Because most people, when something good happens... They do. Most people celebrate with you or say, that's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there
1: are a few people out there who do grudge folks their successes, begrudge folks their successes mm-hmm. or feel jealous or whatever. But I think it's harder for people who are sad or upset or grief or lost because they're more vulnerable when you're mm. all like, woohoo, I just won this, blah, blah, blah. You're not as vulnerable as you are when you say I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I just really messed this up. I, you know, this person who I love is very sick, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: But I ask that because empathy is a muscle that Mm -hmm. you actually have to train. You know, studies show that we're born with a capacity to be empathetic, but we don't necessarily always have that skill. And frankly, the longer we live and the more experiences we have, I speak for myself and also from some data, the more the more able we are to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. And so if you're exercising that empathy muscle and you're doing it in service of joy, if mm-hmm. you're doing that in service of happiness or celebration.
1: Or even like when you say joy, I would say that showing up for somebody who is grieving or suffering and being able to really walk alongside them, Mm -hmm. that is that does lead to connection, Mm -hmm. which even though the circumstances aren't joyful, connection is joyful. So you can bring joy into the moment, not like woo-hoo happiness joy, but the joy of connection.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And just to, but can I finish that one thought I'm I had? I'm so sorry. And, no, it's I fine. i distracted you. No, 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 it's fine. But, but what I'm saying is, if this is like a logic model straight out of college, if empathy is a muscle, mm-hmm. and if you can exercise that muscle through j- empathetic f- experiencing joy and happiness alongside mm-hmm. someone, then your empathy muscle will also be exercised in service of absolutely when you are when you called to be empathetic with. Grief or sadness. To show
1: up something harder. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. I had to just get, get all the way through that. <clears throat> it, which is sort of leads then to why we need empathy now more than ever. Because we're doing a lot of. Because it's, we've got the same data. That's
1: still a shit show out there. Yeah.
0: It's a, In fact, we pulled the, like, f- over 50% of people and then fill in the, like, feel like shit every day. Our anxiety. Get, anxiety. Get our sad. F- f- do more than they think. Feel emotionally exhausted. Right? <laughs> I have trouble sad. concentrating. When we were reading these stats, we're like. What's new? Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. We've had that before. Yeah, figured that one out a while ago. So, but just to revisit, you know, if that really is kind of the state of the workplace right now. Even more important to bring empathy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. So what do we do at work? So let's talk about why at work. Can we talk about why at work first? Yes. So first of all, when you look at the... The research out there, the articles out there, the thinking on this, the fancy Harvard Business Review, Simon Sinek, all those things. They're only talking about leaders being empathetic, which I think is like the biggest crock. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. I think leaders need to be empathetic. But empathy is for everybody. Yeah, it's I'm like, why aren't we talking about empathetic co-workers? Mm-hmm.
0: It's weird. Yeah. When you talk about when they do a lot of this research, yes. About the impact of empathy at work. It's always focused yes. on the imp- impact of an empathetic leader. Mm-hmm. What the heck? But there's
1: a lot of data out there. There's a lot of data about leaders. And I'm just gonna say, I think we can, you know, for at least for the purposes <laughs> of this podcast, make the leap and say if leaders can bring empathy and create these positive effects, so can the rest of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's interesting because we've said this before. Leadership doesn't necessarily always equate to positional leader, right? So a positional leader is somebody who's been given a title, and they are the boss, the supervisor, the director, the head of the CEO mm-hmm. of
1: whatever. You say that, and then I say we lead from where we are, right? <laughs> I think we could find that little phrase, you and then me, yeah, probably seven times right. in our how many of our podcasts? okay, we like yeah. to repeat ourselves. No, it's just good to ground ourselves. No, it's good
0: so you so there are also non-positional leaders who have a tremendous influence mm-hmm. and and so perhaps when we talk about all all people in the workplace, you could say all, all people are leaders. but I also want to acknowledge that positional leader or non-positional leader, there are people who have a lot of influence on a culture, on the workplace Absolutely. culture and everyone else's experiences. Mm-hmm. And so if those people, are demonstrating and exercising empathy, they really do have this profound impact on mm-hmm. how people experience their day.
1: And how it changes the workplace. Yeah. So Catalyst did a study of almost 900 employees. And again, this was about managers, but we're going to make that leap for everybody. And what they f- found was pretty interesting. And I was surprised by their first finding, innovation, mm-hmm. empathetic workplaces lead to more innovation yeah in fact 61 percent of employees that reported that they were able to be innovative innovative yeah had an empathetic manager and if an employee reported that they had a non-empathetic manager only 13 percent felt they could be innovative in their work yeah very interesting piece of data
0: yeah, especially in these times. I mean, innovation is key. Mm-hmm. Shit's moving so fast. Mm-hmm. And also that leads to a lot of, you know, joy yeah. for a lot of people. I don't know, maybe maybe people like me who, who, you know, love,
1: innovation. who love innovation and new ideas. Yeah. Totally.
0: We also found, though, that same study found that people are way higher engaged. You can imagine, right? 76% of people who experienced empathy from their leader reported they were engaged compared to 32%. percent mm-hmm. Who said, you know, who were 32% were engaged with a less empathetic leader. And, you know, I can't remember what the statistic was, but Gallup reports like 99% of people are disengaged. Right. Yeah, so there's, there's a, li- a
1: huge number of people <laughs> that are disengaged.
0: Yeah. So if you're an empathetic leader,
1: you're going to get more engagement. You're going to
0: get more engagement. I'm going to assume that engagement and innovation also impacts turnover oh, and resignation. Sure. Yeah.
1: Right? Mm hmm. You know what I love about the empathetic leader, which also surprised me, although not as much as the innovation people with empathetic leaders, managers felt that they were better able to balance their work life.
0: Yeah, because demands, because if I have to deal with life and the person I'm working for understands that and can Mm -hmm. feel how it feels and and recognize how I am, you know, like what my life is like, right. Of course, I'm can hip- see
1: you. Yeah, can people see you. want to be seen, and part of being seen is, em- is empathy. Is empathy, and maybe the core of being seen is empathy. Yeah. So yeah, we know that when we have empathy in the workplace, we have innovation, we have more engagement, we have better work-life balance, we have frankly, better productivity, yeah. more retention. Yeah,
0: and that was a stat I was looking for, a retention. Yeah. So 57% of white women and 62% of women of color said they were unlikely to think of leaving their company when they felt that their life circumstances were respected and valued. Again, they were working in empathetic workplaces. And this is the time when everybody is quitting their jobs, as we have discussed, and, ret- and retention is insanely difficult. People are focusing on how to maintain their current employees' employment Mm -hmm. and how to attract uh, Mm -hmm. new employees. And here we see just being kind and empathetic and understanding others' feelings and acting accordingly.
1: Has a remarkable impact. Yeah, Yeah. has a remarkable impact. So what I like to talk about next is this assumption that at least I made, which calls out to me again and again how genderist slash sexist, I can still be, you know, really, and the importance of continuing to do a deep dive into your assumptions. So I made the assumption that women are more empathetic than men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, turns out not true. Mm-hmm. It turns out that the research actually says that it there, there really are very few studies to support that. The evidence is scarce to support my assumption. And in fact, a large number of studies show that there's no significant gender difference.
0: No. Well, you know. Well, with one exception. With one exception. Oh,
1: I love this. Yeah.
0: Self-report when when people oh, self-report.
1: When I reported my beliefs. Yeah. Women... I reported women
0: as being more empathetic. Yeah. They <laughs> um, uh, I, there's a large gender difference mm-hmm. favoring women when empathy was mm-hmm. measured on a self-reporting scale.
1: But that's the only. <laughs> Thank you, time. Kirsten. Thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. But this is I love this because I just love it when things challenge my assumptions yeah. and I'm like, oh, Kirsten, come on, pull yourself together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, this is that was a good one.
0: Yes, I love it. Okay, so what we have now is c- some clarity around.
1: So Karina's gonna summarize and bring <laughs> us to the next. I love this so much. I'm watching this. It's like she's the tour guide. She's at the front of the bus and she's like, "We've just left, da da da, and now we're moving towards." Please continue. You know,
0: I I, I love this so much. I I think I'm just going to believe that you aren't making fun of me right now. No,
1: I am so sincere at how much I appreciate your ability to navigate us through this stuff. It's it's really a great gift of yours. You know,
0: I was just reading trauma informed workplace practices. And one of them is to give people kind of waypoints like here's what we're going to talk about. Here's where we've been. Here's where we're Mm -hmm. going.
1: I so recognize the importance of that, and I suck at it.
0: Really? Okay, well, I don't know if you suck. But anyway, so that's what I was going to do. So now we've kind of come to this – we've figured out what empathy is. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the ability to understand people's feelings, but also to understand their needs Mm -hmm. and then to be motivated to care for them. And if you can do that in this shit show of a world we're living in Mm -hmm. right now, remember all those crazy statistics – and you're able to do that at work, then you're creating the environment for more ease, meaning, and joy.
1: Absolutely. But
0: the the thing that we haven't quite tackled yet is how do you create that? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you exercise that muscle? And then how do you, in an appropriate way that doesn't cross boundaries, create space for empathy? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And, you know, this is where you maybe are m- motivated to dig in more because you were saying you want to create more of this in your own life, mm-hmm. in your own workplace. Mm-hmm. And some of the examples, some of the tips and tricks and things that people were suggesting, at least in the stuff I was reading, seem relatively doable.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it's a lot of common sense. And I think it takes us back, honestly, to mindfulness and awareness. Like it just requires a little bit more mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Like the first one is give your full attention in a situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and have you been in one of those situations? Of course you have. But think about when you're in a situation where you're saying something to someone and they are truly listening. They're not listening to talk.
1: Doesn't that feel so good when yes. you're talking to somebody and you're like, they're I, the best compliment I ever got. I'm not kidding you. This may be the best compliment I've ever received in my life we have this coffee shop in town and it's kind of like everybody's mobile office. Like we all go there for meetings. We it's yeah. It's like the center of town. It's the who's who of what the hoi polloi who's who have built. I'm just kidding. Downtown workers. Anyway, I was, and I typically, I do meet people down there and I finished a meeting once and somebody came over to me and said, Hey, I just want you to know that I was watching you. Talk to that person. And I've never seen somebody more attentive or aware of what they are saying. In fact, when I come in here and see you talking to somebody, I don't even like attempt to say hi to you because I know you won't see me because you're so focused on what they're saying. Oh, yeah. And I was like. I, at first I thought maybe I'm an asshole because I didn't say hello. <laughs> but then it was like, dag, I'm going to take it for what it is. Yeah. And just an be thankful. Right. Just be thankful. So be
0: able to do that. And that is such a beautiful gift that that person gave you in that compliment and that you were likely giving the you know person who who you were listening to. I know
1: when somebody really listens to what I'm saying. Yeah. I just almost feel like that's enough most of the time.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I even in listening back on these episodes, sometimes I realize we do a better job of listening to each other on some days, you know, in some episodes than yes, other episodes. That's so true. Sometimes I'm like, just, I, I like, I listen later and think to myself, you missed everything she just said. Krina, what the hell? She didn't even, you know, my response is off something. <laughs> I mean, I think we do that in in workplace situations too. I think too. that's
1: how we live. I mean, I just think we, and also too, I mean, Kenley, we just can't. We can't process all of it. No, we can't
0: focus all of it. But yeah. like in that coffee shop situation, there's always so much going on that my tendency is to get like the, the flashy thing that walks past me pulls my eye, you know. And so I stopped having meetings in busy places, especially kind of when we we're coming out of COVID. And we were, that makes it was, a lot of sense. It was OK yep. to be at the coffee shop. I was, it was so foreign to me that I couldn't focus. And I was like, this is actually having an impact on my a negative
1: impact on your ability to focus, focus. Yeah. And I don't
0: want my, Good I don't you. want the person across the table from me to wreck, you know, to feel like they're not being valued or, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm not empathetic. And so, yeah, I just think that's like, that was kind of a cool tr- tip or something to think clearly about. Like if I'm in a situation, I'm giving this person my full attention and truly listening. If you're able to do that, you're that you're like mass. That's
1: like a master's class in empathy.
0: Just freaking listen.
1: Yeah, just listen. However,
0: Brene Brown has that great video when she's like, listening oh, isn't
1: enough. my gosh, isn't that the best video? Yeah, she's the like... a little reindeer, yeah. a little whatever goat. You don't just it listen is. and say, oh, it sucks for you. I'll put this in the show notes because it's so wonderful. It's a cartoon where the person who is suffering is in a hole, of course. Yeah. And there are two people or two, two creatures. I think one's a reindeer, one's something else. You know, how is it down there and you know one crawls down the ladder and sits with them and talks and then the other kind of yells these things from, from the, the top from the top yeah no i'll put it in the show notes it's a really really great
0: yeah you don't want to be the person you don't who's don't want at to the be yelling, the whole, helpful yelling like, hands from the top like you could be listening and then saying well you know what you should do or that sucks for you or
1: whatever mm-hmm. so again this act or at least something something didn't happen yeah
0: well, at least your sister isn't, you know, in the hospital. Like it's it, so listening is not enough. Mm-hmm. Listening to understand, mm-hmm. listening to feel alongside, yeah. listening to help dig in. That's, to resonate. Mm-hmm, that's attention. Yeah. I think another one is ask specific questions, which is kind of part of that listening. So if I'm listening, and this I've you did this to me just recently. Where I said I just had a new client call and it was so energetic and I really like her and it was so, I cannot wait to talk to her again next week, and again this is the joy part and you asked me really great questions about why do you think it was so good why do you what about that? I remember
1: that what about tell me about that what do you think what was the thing
0: yeah what about her that made mm-hmm. her say that, yada yada and I was that that the ability to listen and then dig in a little bit deeper
1: that's empathy because I think it shows you're paying attention and it also communicates. That I care, which I do care. Yeah. I do want to know why that's such a great client. Right. Yeah.
0: Which I think that's probably why I had a hard time with empathy for a long time. And I really didn't care. Ooh. Yeah. I really didn't. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think you didn't care? I don't know. I mean, I think that's just part of maturation is that you start to, like, I think I was just incredibly selfish. Mm. You know, and I think now I'm like, some of the rough edges have been taken off of that. And it's like, good, now I'm I'm a role model for work-life balance or how to say no. But, you know, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I just was selfish. I see what you're saying. You know, like crystal clear boundaries. There was a black and white, right and wrong. I don't really care. It's your thing. It's your deal.
1: But I think that's really a common thing. I can feel comfortable feeling feelings around these super important issues Mm -hmm. and then translating those into Feeling those feelings around other humans. For other humans. Which means then you feel them in yourself. And I'll be candid, they're a little scary. They are, yeah. Because then they're in me. Then your grief is in me. Mm -hmm. Your pain is in me. Mm -hmm. Your frustration is in me. Right. And in order to really be empathetic, we have to really feel those things. And in all likelihood, and maybe this is what you're talking about with experience, You have to have felt those things. Yeah.
0: Which I think you have
1: to have suffered some loss, some whatever.
0: Right. And the the beautiful part about that, which you have talked about on the air several times, is that when you do feel someone's pain, when you do feel their um, sorrow, when you do open yourself up in that vulnerable way, you build a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. You have a richer life. Mm -hmm. But you know, and like I said, I just hadn't, I don't think I experienced that as a young adult You know, I met Barry, who was probably the most
1: empathetic person
0: I'd ever met. Which
1: is always just he is. It is so interesting to me. But he is one of the most empathetic people I've ever met, too. It's annoying, frankly. I'm not gonna say that, Great. (laughs) You can say that.
0: (laughs) No, and you know, and always considering others in a way that really taught me what, you know, in some ways taught me some stuff. But I think that's also born from his childhood. He, you know, he he it it was rough. Mm It was rough. And I think he built that muscle early on, so anyway,
1: I don't even. And know. I do think that is a really important part of this of this empathy concept. We do experience, and you started. You said this. I just didn't. I just didn't. I had a relatively. What did you? What was the word you used? Not charmed, but yeah, charmed, charmed, and not many hardships. Yeah, but sheltered, char- sheltered. Okay. but I the have word said sheltered. I have a, I live charmed, a charmed life, life. Mm-hmm. sheltered life. And here is the gift of hardship, right? Like you talk about Barry. He yeah. had he had a harder time as a young kiddo and a teenager and a young adult. I really feel like the experiences that I've had that have been the hardest for me, my divorce, the loss of the kid's dad, those kinds of things, you know?
0: The death of a partner.
1: Yes. And just like... Whatever, a, an accident, an injury, a term, you got fired from a job, all of these things. I mean, they suck and I don't want them for anybody. I want everybody to have a charmed life. I do, I really do. But the gift of those experiences is if we allow it, the ability to like bring relief to somebody else in being able to truly share understand and feel in ourselves their experience does that make sense uh yes it does make sense okay completely i got a little round about no i
0: think what you're saying (laughs) i think what you're saying is that's the flip side of it that in having in having life experiences Mm -hmm. we're also able to Mm -hmm. have deeper and more rich um relationships Mm -hmm. because we can be more empathetic yeah what's interesting though is some of the research shows that those life experiences sometimes give the opposite and i'm not exactly sure why i, I have got a the- theory about that uh-huh you want to hear my crazy kirsten theory I that's really why we have that's why show. the
1: show the show the kirsten's theory um i really think that we all know people who have great suffering something happens it's a big loss but we can see them not processing mm-hmm. we can see them like I don't know what how I'd even describe it, but they're just kind of living outside of their experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think those are the people, who don't process their own grief, their own loss, their own tragedy, their own disappointment, those are the ones who can't be empathetic. They might have lost somebody, but they don't know what to do with that experience. Yeah, that does make sense. That's what I think.
0: And then the flip side of it is the person who recovers from, you know, uh, addiction becomes an addiction counselor. The person yes. who survives, you know, domestic violence becomes a domestic violence advocate. or anti. The person
1: who survives cancer becomes a, somehow a support for people who have cancer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or the, yeah, or a research. So... Um, again, I feel like we're kind of running astray a little bit, but it's an interesting thing to kind mm-hmm. of explore how our own life experiences.
1: And- but that's my point in talking about it now. We're talking about how to bring empathy into your life. Yeah. And my point is for you, for, for us to draw on our experiences to see the similarities, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, of course, there are times when we can't because we don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Brene Brown has the most wonderful thing in that moment to say, which is, I don't even know what to say right now. Mm-hmm. This is so awful. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, Like, if you haven't experienced that thing, there's still something to say. There's still a way to be empathetic. There's still a way to feel how it is you feel Mm -hmm. and also cautionary cautionary note you don't know how somebody feels no right so we can only surmise so saying I know just how you feel Uh you know
0: that's not very it's
1: hard sometimes to hear that because you don't really actually know Mm -hmm. to say oh I think I might know how you feel or I think I felt that way before or whatever but I think one of the keys to empathy is really drawing on your own experiences. And when you can't, tangentially draw on your experiences. Yeah,
0: yeah. And just see the human on the other side of the conversation yeah. with you. Yeah, You know, which again, back to these ways at, at work to signal, to create an empathetic work mm-hmm. environment. You know, even things that are bas- as basic as the check-in at the fir- at the beginning of a meeting. Mm-hmm. An opportunity, give everyone an opportunity
1: to be human. By the way, we did a check-in at our last department meeting how is everybody and i am not kidding you everybody said fine fine Mm. fine 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 and i was like "Mm, hmm people are not what would have been a
0: better question
1: i thought you know after that i was like i thought to myself i should have said something like tell me the best thing that happened to you today Mm -hmm. or you know what's the what's the what's the last good restaurant you ate in or what's the last good movie so I thought I should have asked a specific question but the reason I liked asking the question is because I realized everybody wasn't fine yeah and I was like "Mm, okay people aren't fine
0: I started asking my clients so what's been taking up your energy this week?
1: interesting question
0: because it doesn't have to be good you know the best thing that happened it's just like what's been taking up your energy What's filling your mind? Yeah. Or what kept you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Those things like that. Like, and then give people an opportunity to share Mm -hmm. and let the ones who don't want to share, not share. That's okay too. You know, and along the same lines, uh, one of the tips I read was open your written communication with like some sort of friendly salutation. I always
1: open with, I hope this finds you well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how was that so-and-so last blah, blah, blah um it has on unless it's a text because can, can you just get to the point if it's a text yeah you only get like it, yeah just, i just i just need exactly. to make that one quick but really again it's really being human
1: it's really being human it's being human. and especially at work it's easy to to multitask it's easy to look at your computer when somebody comes in your office with a question as opposed to taking your hands off the keyboard turning towards them and saying hey and finding out what they need and hoping to get a, maybe getting a little check in. How did so and so go? How did was that? You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the thing. And if you I would I've decided when I am not willing to be interrupted at work, I cannot be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I need to put a DND and d on my door. Yeah, don't it's a disturb. sign that says do not disturb. And if I have my door, if that is not on my door, then it is my job to be welcoming yep. because I, you know. Of course, my door's shut all the time now because of COVID, right? My office door when I'm there.
0: But it doesn't always have a do not disturb on
1: it. No, and if it doesn't, I need to be welcoming. And I think it's the same thing with a phone.
0: If you are not willing to be kind. Don't pick up the phone. Do not pick up the phone. Yes. Don't, don't pick don't it up the it. phone. You're the one who had to pick up the goddamn phone. Right, right. Why are you being an asshole to me? So, you know, again, just these simple things that seem like really basic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm are the very things that start to translate into kind of those benefits from empathy. I'm gonna say though, the other thing, and this is, I I was just realizing this recently, especially if you're in a leadership position, not just being kind or human or opening up with a salutation, but truly scaling the expectations and workload to meet the person where they're at. One thing that has really struck me lately In addition to all of these things, the salutations, the be kind, the open, you know, meetings with with a check in or whatever, is that empathy is also recognizing what your workers and coworkers are going Mm -hmm. through and scaling expectations to meet those. Mm -hmm. And COVID aside, you know, if someone is grieving a loss. We don't expect them to like we get, we let them off the.
1: Hook. We don't give them the biggest project. We don't right. Mm-mm. We all circle. We up, don't ask them to stay late. Right,
0: if someone ha- you know is a caregiver for young che- children or elderly parents or both, mm-hmm. we don't ask them to volunteer. We give them a pass, you know, on the weekends or evenings or whatever. So also recognizing that the pace that we're doing things, implementing change, pace that we're planning projects, if you have an opportunity to take things slower, if you have an opportunity to kind of take your pedal off the, take your foot off the pedal a little bit. even just
1: provide the Krina Hoyer tour guide through what's going to happen. Yes,
0: yeah. Yeah. Create those mile markers Mm -hmm. so people can plan and they understand. All of those things are also ways that we can respond accordingly
1: to people's needs. I think what you're really saying is that there is an opportunity in every single place at work to be empathetic. Yep. In every single place yep. to be empathetic. Yep.
0: From your salutation From on the, to the, the assignment email. of
1: work. Yep. To implementing change to all of those things. Yeah, yeah. 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 And
0: when we're able to, it's a kinder, gentler world. And I'm gonna say we all we will all have more ease, meaning, and joy.
1: We're gonna have a whole lot of ease, meaning, Heck, and joy. Yeah. And you know, I say this, but I really think like there's these secret sauce pieces to work. And this may be this is one of the key secret sauce pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. is
0: not the hot sauce you wanna sprinkle on lightly. No. This is the ranch
1: dressing. Yeah. This is the this is the special fish sauce. <laughs> this
0: is wickedly
1: good fish sauce. This is sauce. wickedly good fish sauce everywhere. Put it everywhere. Eat as much as you can. It's so good for you. Do not You're going to feel so much better, especially the- when you give it away.
0: Yes. I'm going to I'm going to end with that. <laughs> sh- d- sh- data shows, research sh- suggests. You feel better if
1: you give it away.
0: Empathy benefits the receiver
1: and the giver. So, what the
0: heck are you waiting for?
1: Yeah, go out there and give some empathy. Yeah, Feels so good. I'm still so excited about this topic. I can't wait to hear it's more so about great. it. Okay, happy
0: Native American Heritage Month.
1: Thanks for listening, Thanks friends. Thanks for listening,
0: friends. Karina and Kirsten, get to work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork@gmail.com. At Thanks, Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>